Sound, talk radio. Yes, talk radio. It's so boring, man. Okay. Crowd appreciates the work ethic of the Caps here in this third period. 4.38 left in regulation. Anticipating Ovechkin. Here it is. He scores! March 4th, 2022. Uh, it's been a while uh, here at the Laced Up Podcast, but you'll be happy to know mm. that uh, it's still it's still you and I. We're still we're still here. Oh, that's, we've, we've that's just been the good patiently news. waiting to talk to talk to all you people. Yeah, yeah. How you been? Uh, I am Bruce Battaglia from the High Button. I am uh, I'm all right. I'm tired tonight. Mm. For some reason, I don't really know why, um, but yeah, other than that, pretty good. Sleepy. Yeah, I don't know. Just, you know, the 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 least busy week I've had in I don't know how long, and I'm exhausted, so. Well, I got good Go news for you. What's up? You're going to have lots of extra time on Sunday nights to get some rest, because no, no more euphoria to watch. No more euphoria to stay up and <sighs> get caught up on. Yeah. Yeah. End of season two. Yeah, it's over. Um, yeah, I have considered, Sp- go ahead. Spoilers? Oh, spo- uh, spoiler alert, for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, that's gonna happen, It's for been sure. less than a week, I suppose we kind of owe that to the people. I don't know, did you like it? There were things I liked. Yeah. I didn't love it overall as a finale. I was I, left with too yeah. many questions. Yeah, well, and I'm fine with that, but here's my problem with how they left it. Is I am not super confident that Sam Levinson knows what he's doing. Mm. In that I don't know that they have a plan for for the next season. I almost think that he wanted to create a show that was going to captivate so many people and draw so many people in that he wasn't really worried about the plot so much this season. And he said it like kind of thought like oh, I'll just figure it out later. I just want to do something big and bold. And he did that. And he did a good job at it. Uh, but I, ooh, you have backed yourself into quite a corner here. Like, I don't, uh, I don't know. The characters evolved so much over the course of what should have been several months, uh, between season one and season two. And, like, now, like, there's the hint that Rue stays sober through school or whatever the fuck, or clean or whatever she says. Oh, so she lives through the school year. Like, that's the interesting thing for me, is, like, I don't know, uh... Shouldn't Laurie like kill her? I don't. I don't really know. I'm. Uh, I'm lost for sure. I don't really know what they're gonna do. I don't know about you. I have considered writing an email to Sam Levinson and offering my services to help write season three because I have ideas, and I don't think he does. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. What um, did you think? What would I, what would I think or what? No. What did what did what oh. did you think? 
Uh, well, I, I mean, we can write season three together if you want. Maybe four. Just fan fiction. Maybe four. Let's give them a chance to see what they're, what they're going. But, okay, well, I've given them two seasons to clean um, up. Yeah, I, I don't really feel, like, excited to return to these characters next season. Ooh. Like... It it almost felt like a like a a, a, a finale where eh, if season three doesn't happen like they can kind of get away with it just ending there, mm. which I don't like because I still have questions but I, I don't I don't really care at this point like like the Jules Rue thing that's that's closed as far as I can tell. Yeah, the girls seem to have made up in the bathroom, far as I can tell. The pedophile is off the streets, as far oh, you, as I can tell. You took that as they made up? Well, that was having more seen like some a, catty fights, it That was more f- like a, I kicked the shit out of you so we can be civil here for a minute, but yeah. I didn't get the impression that everything is good. Okay. In fact, that was like the most ominous thing that Maddie probably could have said, you know? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I feel no desire to like, hmm. hey, I wonder what they're up to. Really? Yeah. Except, I don't know, like except I like for Lori. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, creepy. Uh, she, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like there, there. Are, I don't know. There are a lot of characters. Like I mean, obviously, uh, obviously, I think Nate has done so much bad to me that there's nothing to he can personally. do to be. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing he can do to redeem himself as a character to me now. Like, I'm just going to hate that fucking character. I mean, great actor. But I'm going to hate that character for forever. You know? It's going to be hard for Cassie to win me back. You know? Like, she she sucks. You know? Um, but, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see what goes on with Jules. I want to see that. You know? Mm. I, uh, of course, want to see what goes on with uh, Lexi and Cassie's mom. Because she rocks. <laughs> Uh, but that's not as important. But, like, I, I think I'm so invested in in a lot of these characters that, yeah, I don't know, I, I want to see. Not even though you're not meant to think a lot of them are great. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know how many characters are actually main characters on the show that you would say are good mm-hmm. people. Ali, maybe. Um, but we know him now, not as a shitty person. So Thoughts on the uh, drug house raid? Am I supposed to have thoughts on that? I thought that did, was the only very clear thing that happened in the whole season. Did you think it was going to go differently? No. No. I, 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 here, here's my theory as to why they killed Ashtray, okay? And it's very simple. Uh, well, one, they were going to kill Fezco, uh, from what I've read. And then they realized they couldn't do that or people would stop watching the show. And two... It's getting hard to explain why Ashtray is aging uh, several years over the course of a week in the show. I probably gotta kill him, because by the time uh, Season 3 happens, you can't have like a 21-year-old playing a 14-year-old. It's gonna be tough. So I honestly think they killed him out of necessity of casting. Hmm. I'm not really sure that that uh, was completely... Uh... And I mean, like, you know, I, this this show's very surface level on some to some degree. You know, you gotta kill someone in the finale... Ashtray seemed like the most significant person where people would be like, ah, that makes sense, you know? I think you're not... Can't kill Lexi. ...necessarily wrong, but I think, like, if if Fezco dies, Mm. you probably just say, well, then that's just the... We're not going to see Ashtray again. And you solve your age-out problem. But that's... I get that, 
but Fezco... Fezco is arguably, like, the every fan's favorite character in the show. Sure. Yeah. Right? Like, you just... I don't think you can get away with it now. I think in season one, like, episode one, there was really nothing to be like, oh, this guy rocks. Like, he was just a guy. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And the more that they've tried to tug on your heartstrings with him, it's... it's I, You can't kill him. Mm-hmm. And the actor's too good. Like, he's too good. Angus Cloud's too good in that role. Like, you just have to keep him around. You know, what are you going to do? He's going to be there in flashbacks? Eh, we've had enough of that. Enough shows have done that. Yeah. And then you've also got the open timeline aspect. You know, you can come back to these characters a year down the road. Well, that is that is the beauty of it, which they may do. Because I'm going to assume uh, somebody's going to jail. <laughs> I, I can't imagine they're just going to let Fez go free. Oh, well, that's the other problem, though, right? Is like, Fez is fucked. And I, ref- I like, I fail to see how how he's not just going to spend a long time in prison. Like, I don't really know what's going to necessarily stop that. You know, is Lexi going to go see him in jail? All right. But how long, like, how long are we going to need that plot line? I don't know. There's, uh, there's a lot of different ways they could take that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Overall, uh, I could have used without the Oasis song in the middle. That kind of sucked. Oasis Uh, song. I just caught that because Buddy kind of sounded like he was trying to cover oasis there elliot in the middle of his oh people were getting all bent out of shape about that i don't know it was it was long i checked my phone during most of it like it's not i don't know but it wasn't like egregious i i I think the time could have been better served elsewhere uh i think they wasted time on a lot of other things in that episode though Mm. i would say that for me maybe the worst episode that that show's ever done for sure. Maybe. It's hard to follow For me, up. It is. Hard to follow up that uh, that play episode. That was something else. Well, that was the play. Well, the week before was like the bulk of the play. You didn't like that. I loved it. Oh, yeah. It's hard to follow that up is what I'm saying. Yeah. No, I I didn't I didn't love the finale. I thought it was very sloppy and uh, I don't know. I I uh... Can you see them doing what they did last break between seasons where they just kind of drop a couple of episodes in halfway through i think they have to yeah i don't know they got to do something i think that's a long time to wait and expect people to still really care because you you did the one where it was just uh uh, eli and and rue in the diner yeah and then you had jules and her psychiatrist yeah you could easily have like fezco's trial and you don't even have to bring all the actors back you just need fez yeah yeah, but, like, well, I don't know. I mean, that would have to serve some sort of a purpose, and I don't really know what that would be. Maybe him talking with his lawyer maybe would more be more like a... I don't know, though. Um, I don't... The other, the, <laughs> I would pay... I'd, I'd pay some money to watch him talk legal jargon. <laughs> well, see, that that is the problem, though, is, like, as good as I like Angus Cloud in that role, he is very much a supporting actor. Mm-hmm. I don't think you could put him on screen for an hour and do the things that, with all due respect... Uh, Zendaya and Hunter Schaefer do, mm. so that's that would be tough. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Well, that was our happy little escape from reality. Oh, yeah, the euphoria. happy euphoria uh, finale. Yeah, the 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 show about the death and the drugs and the sex. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the kids in high school. How yeah. much fun the high school experience is. Am I right, folks? Because uh, because as dark as that all seems. Oh. Uh, since we last spoke, God, uh, what happened? We entered into a uh, a literal. War. 
Um, a, a literal war happened. Yeah, that did happen. Yeah. Um, Ning. <laughs> continues too, in fact. Yeah. I don't think that's um, stopped. We laugh because uh, we kind of have to, I think, at this point. It's uh, it's it's pretty fucked up. And, yeah. And uh, there are so many moving parts. It's almost like it's hard to, to put a hockey spin but we're a hockey podcast, so that's what we're going to try to do. But yeah. it should be noted that this, this is a much grandiose scale issue, and uh, certain issues are going to outweigh other issues, and I think it's worth acknowledging that before we uh, get much further. Yeah. That being said... Okay. Um, Russia invaded Ukraine, and mm. some things have happened. Um, Jokerit and Riga have left the KHL. Uh, they are two of the six teams that, uh, are not in Russia that play in the Russian Hockey League. Okay. Uh, Riga, not really, like, a big deal. They, they, they were a bad team. Jokerit was a top team. Good team. Playoff team. Uh, they're out. They're just done. All their players no longer have KHL contracts. A couple of them are coming over and signing in the NHL now. Um... Don't ask me to name any names. They're not prolific guys. They're just... They're getting deals. Okay. Massive shakeup for what a lot of people consider the second best league in the world. Right. Outside of the four teams that haven't chosen to, to leave at this point, do you, do you see an opportunity for that league to continue to be a, a competitive force in the sport of hockey? I don't know. I think that's an impossible question to answer just because I don't uh, necessarily know what's going to happen, uh, I guess, with yeah. the world is how world. I would phrase that. Uh, but yeah, no, like, I, I don't know. Like, what, what, uh, wh- where is everything going to be a month from now? I, I don't really know. I mean, like, it's hard for me to sit here and say that, uh, uh, that I think the KHL is still going to be a thing, but also. You know how far is this war going to end up going? I I, I don't really know, because um, I haven't followed it all that closely too. I I don't know. It just seems like when I read it, sometimes it seems like it already may be coming to some sort of a halt, and then and then it also doesn't seem like that. So I I don't really know. Uh, is it possible for them to continue existing? I I suppose they're going to go back to where they were and just play amongst themselves. It'll be interesting. Because um, yeah, you're right. I think. Like, especially when you're talking about Riga, there's a lot of opportunities there. Uh, Jokrit left the, the Finnish league under pretty bad uh, conditions. So I, I'll be curious. They're a very stored franchise. That, that's a, that's an organization that goes back to the 1920s. Um, be a shame to lose them as a result of all this. And then you got, like, a, an oddball team like uh, Kulan Star. Ah, yes. The Chinese. Uh, the Red Stars. The Chinese team. And I couldn't name the other three if you asked me. Red Star is the only other one that I knew. There's a there's a Bratislava team. Ah, that's not Russian. No, that is okay. Hungarian. Bratislava is that uh, Czech? It's Hungarian. Perhaps. I think. Okay. Yeah. There's, sure. There's a Belarusian Minsk team. My I'm knowledge, sure they're going to stick around. My knowledge of Belarus is minimal. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I think they'll be fine. Ruslan Soleil. Yeah. And it pretty much ends there. Oh, uh, and Minsk. Yeah. I know about Minsk because mm-hmm. uh, Phoebe's boyfriend, David, moves there. He's he does. an archaeologist. Is that what he does? 
No. What the hell did he do? Uh, I don't know, but I know he's not an archaeologist. Right. You keep talking. I'm going to look up David from Friends. <laughs> I'm not really sure how to fill that gap at the moment. Uh, Ross uh, was not an archaeologist either. David um, from Friends. Had to go to Mintz to, to work. Yeah, I know that. He was a uh, he was a global climatologist. Am I right? I could have swore he was an archaeologist. David what, from what Friends. What would you be looking job. up in Minsk as an archaeologist? <clears throat> the scientist guy, it says. Uh, okay. But what type of scientist? Uh, maybe they never say. Well, anyway, I don't know. I'll find it in an hour. <laughs> um, lost my entire train of thought. Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, the <laughs> the last uh, KHL team. Oh, yeah, I don't, know, the, I don't know who the sixth team is. Okay. But. Yeah, it's just it, you know it's it's gonna be a shame to if if these organizations if these players can't continue in some capacity, especially like I know that we've got some problems with the country on a political level, but it'd be nice to see the game grow, continue to grow in a place like China. I think that that would be a logical yeah. place to try to grow the game. I guess. Um, and losing the only professional sports team in the country would be a blow. So. Yeah. If they continue to play KHL hockey, though, I don't think that's going to affect Red Star. If yeah, if they continue to play, what I'm saying yeah, because I think uh, yeah. I feel like things aren't going to change in China too much. They're probably going to be just fine. If you get what I'm saying yeah. there, yeah. Um, Drift. Ah, the United. The political episode we have. Here. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. Should have had uh, our political correspondent on. I don't know. The most politics I wanted to talk tonight. Was the video of Paul Dano talking about how someone's Batman is like his Batman. And he sounds like Donald Trump. Did you see that video? Yeah. That viral. That's the most politics I want to talk. Is Paul Dano now talks like Donald Trump. And well, it's lovely. I, I, I can't even remember what he would sound like. I don't have a vision <laughs> for his voice. That is my Batman, indeed. Eh? I was like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's a good video. Yeah, the effects of this obviously uh, being felt in the NHL level as well. What, what did you think of the desperate attempt to get uh, Alex Ovechkin on record following the Russian-Ukraine crisis? Okay, well, let me answer your question with another question. Because oh. I think everyone already knows probably what I was going to say there. Why, for me... Why is it important for me to necessarily hear anything more than what Ovechkin has said about this? Like, like, what is he supposed to do? Talk, talk every day in the media about how he's anti-war? I don't know. I, I don't really think that's his job to have to say that every day. He said it once. Leave him the fuck alone now. Mm -hmm. Like, he, he lives in America. He's lived in the United States for 16 fucking years now. Why are we asking him questions about Russia? All the time. Like, what do we expect from him? They asked him, he gave an answer, and now everyone seems like they don't want to move on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people are asking him, well, he needs to say more, he needs to say more. No, he doesn't. Because I don't know where people got this uh, fake memory of Ovechkin having always had something to say. He's actually not a very talkative dude. Doesn't say much in the media anymore. When he was a kid, yeah, we'd make him do all these viral videos of him golfing and yelling and being an idiot. No one really talks to him anymore anyway. So what, like, what does he really need to do? I don't know. He's not the face of the fucking league. He isn't. So mm -hmm. what, 
I don't know. It, it's bugging me that there's all these calls to to what they're supposed to do, and and you got the idiotic takes of people saying that now the NHL should send back all their Russian athletes, and it's just nonsense at this point. Yeah, I I I. I We'll push back a little bit. I think there is responsibility from a guy like Ovechkin, not because he's Russian, but because of his previous political publicity efforts. Uh, yeah. He very publicly ran a support for Putin campaign on the internet. That's odd. That's that's a weird thing to do if you're a guy that doesn't well, want to talk about politics the second that the tables turn. And as much as I would push back on that, though, like I do have to clarify, I have not followed this situation for years. So I don't know if this is a situation where Putin's stance on what he wanted to do is different than it was four years ago. Absolutely. Or whatever. Yeah. Six months ago. I don't know if this is something he just got in his brain a month ago. I have no idea. I've always known there's been a conflict there, but there's been a conflict there for predating Putin so I don't know how much his stance has evolved or not but basically what I'm saying is I don't know that this is something that uh Ovechkin maybe thought was the right move years ago and now doesn't or if this was even an issue Mm -hmm. when Ovechkin was supporting Putin I don't know I'm not defending him supporting Putin Putin can kick rocks but uh great hockey player though oh for sure yeah and so, uh, like that, that's all, but I do, I hear what you're saying though. Like he's been openly supportive of it and, um, but yeah, I, 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 I just, I'm not sure that this specific event is something that he supported. Uh, oh, absolutely. And now if it yeah. is, yeah. uh, it's all the more reason why I just don't want to hear him talk. Then. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't. Th- think by any means it's something that he supports um i was just kind of confused as to why people seemed to not understand why we were asking like there was this weird oh like, no i get that he's russian why are we asking no him? he it's needed to say got something. nothing to do with him being russian yeah we don't ask the american guys about the bombings in yemen because none of them are running political campaigns on the internet for the guy that's bombing Yemen. Mm-hmm. you know what i mean if they did we would ask those questions but they don't. So, I thought it was kind of weird that we were getting some flack uh, for asking Ovechkin. That being said, uh, it's done. We asked. Mm-hmm. I think even if his answer wasn't great, I don't know what more you want him to say. He's clearly not in a position of leverage to be coming out and saying these mean, horrible things about the place where his family lives. Yeah. So, you got your... 30-second quote, leave it at that, well, and move on. And again, I, I, I don't know if anyone's been paying attention to Alex Ovechkin for 16 years, but when he talks, he's not exactly a Shakespeare fucking uh, character mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to speaking. Not the most articulate individual. I don't yeah. know, what the hell is he going to say? Yeah, it's uh, not his first language by any means. No. No. Um, I couldn't even fucking speak a word of English for like four or five years. He lived in North America. It was it was tough. It was bad. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um Beyond the NHL, uh, a lot of <clears throat> sports leagues around the world uh, pulling out of various events uh, involving Russian national teams. Isn't it crazy you and I have a podcast where we're talking about a war? Mm-hmm. Like, don't you just feel like this is like an old-timey, like, news coming out of <laughs> London? <laughs> 
Winston Churchill has addressed the nation <laughs> at 2100 hours. I don't know what he would have said, but something about, <laughs> you know, one of those famous quotes. This is not the beginning of the end. No, is it even the beginning of the ending of the end? But perhaps uh, it might be <laughs> the end of the beginning or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love talking war. <laughs> uh, maybe we can spin this off into a, a war podcast. <laughs> mm. We can do uh, we can do all the major battles. Uh, we shouldn't be joking about this, should we? Um, <laughs> yeah, just thought about that. Yeah, all yeah, you sort yeah. of ran that one off the wrong way there <laughs> at the end. Yeah, that's fine. Um, anyway, yeah, a, a lot of different organizations uh, pulling out of uh, Russian events, uh, denying Russian clubs. The Paralympics have booted out the Russian and Belarusian athletes. Uh, the IIHF is uh, no longer allowing the team to participate in the upcoming World Juniors. Uh, I don't think they've taken away the 2023 games from uh, Siberia yet, but that might just be more of a scheduling oh. issue. Oh, boy. Um, FIFA has announced that they will not be allowed to qualify for the World Cup. The CHL has denied entry into the... Uh, what is that? That, that expand not an expansion draft, but they have like, like that import draft of import draft. Yeah. yeah, I believe that's what it is. They're not allowing those athletes, and I, I have a I have a bit of an issue that I go back and forth on with this because I I see the the calls uh, very publicly on social media and stuff like that about how this this isn't their fault. This isn't the fault of the athletes. This isn't well, the fault of isn't. the yeah. Right? Of the sports bodies. Sure. And all this. But then I step back and I think about how issues like this have helped resolve conflict in the past. And you look at what happened with uh, South Africa, right? Back in the 1980s. Yeah. And and there there is a clear definitive, like you can see the evidence on paper that this is what we did. This is what happened. So clearly, taking this approach, banning those athletes, uh, you know, making the punishment against the country so severe that its own people essentially turned against it, uh, resolved that conflict, resolved that human rights issue. Yeah. So I don't know where to fall on this. No, it's, I, I can see the logic, it's but it is really middle. shitty. It's somewhere in the middle. Like you, you're com you completely nailed it. Like. Yeah, it's wrong, uh, in a way, to do it. Uh, it certainly has nothing to do with a 15-year-old kid that just wants to play hockey who, you know, in some cases, I'm sure a lot of them bury against the war and the notion of it. Um, but the more governing bodies around the world that put pressure on Russia to just say, like, we're basically just going to cut you off from this, uh, you know, the, the more it's going to sort of caused them to take a good hard look in the mirror, I guess. Um, you know, because eventually, you know, they'll be left with nothing is the theory on that, right? So, um, yeah, like, I, I get it. Um, 
you know, it, 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 there's definitely a syndrome when this thing happens of everyone feels like they need to do something. And so every company and everything does something to try to, oh, we're against it. Like, there, there's not necessarily a need for that. But, you know, when you can control something that you hope will actually make a sizable difference and not just be a PR move, then do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. And and even that is tough. Because I I don't agree with the PR moves, but I I understand how, like, okay, now we're the only one that didn't do something. No, now we got to do something. Right? Yeah. Like that's, that's also a shitty position to have to find yourself in, I suppose. But... Um, yeah, it, it's very much a, uh, an ongoing issue, uh, obviously. I don't, I don't know what more will come from the sports world in, in, as far as this issue. I don't know how long we're going to be feeling the effects of this uh, crisis. You know, is, is, is Russia... They, weren't, they already weren't doing well at the Olympic level to begin with. Uh, you know, will we see these nations in, in a sporting capacity in the near future? Or is, is it going to be a while? You know, I am, I am curious to see what the outcome is. And uh, hopefully, as far as, like I said, the, the sporting context, hopefully we've, we've gone through the bulk of the negativity at this point. But remains to be seen, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, sticking with the international scope, but mm. a happier tone. Uh, Slovakia has won its very first Olympic men's gold medal. What? Slovakia. The the tiny nation of Slovakia. What did they win? They won the, the men's gold. For what? Hockey. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. I think they really? Did. No, they didn't. They won no, bronze. yeah, it was like... They won bronze. Yeah. Who won? It's Finland. Oh, good for them. Yeah. They're neutral. Finland also winning its first Olympic gold medal um, in hockey. Really? Oh my God, yeah. I guess <laughs> when would it have happened? Uh, good for Finland. Yeah. Good for both countries. We're not going to talk about who'd the summer medalists. Who would they beat? Was it Russia? Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck them. Well, you know what, though? They don't even get it because it's the Olympic athletes from Russia or whatever. So yeah. Who cares? Exactly. Putin can't claim that one, can he? Heyo. Um, find a way to steal it. No, I was just I was very excited about Slovakia because uh, that, that's mm-hmm. that's amazing for them. They they win a bronze medal. Uh, they have won one of those before, so uh, <laughs> nothing nothing new to report there. But uh, Uri Slavkovsky coming down with MVP honors. Oh, I did see this. Uh, pretty cool for the seventeen year old. Sure, for the upcoming draft. Yeah, it looks like to win an MVP good. at a men's tournament. I mean, mind you, missing a lot of. The best players in the world, but well, you, you can only still play. Do it. You got to play, right? Yeah, you still got to go out there yeah. and do it. So, yeah, pretty, pretty cool. Because I mean, like, it, it, there was a theory fifteen years ago ish uh, that any seventeen-year-old is like <clears throat> several tiers down from like you know professional men playing in Europe, and then, and then eventually everyone's like, no, maybe not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you just don't let them play hockey basically till they're twenty-three, and they're like, oh, we're gonna throw you in the NHL. Um, so yeah, now that they're actually given these opportunities, they will excel more. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but yeah, he's a freak. Yeah. That seems to be the consensus. If only we could have given some sort of opportunity to the the 19-year-old goaltender for Canada Mm -hmm. to get a game in. That that may have been a similar outcome. Yeah. 
somehow a team that I didn't watch once managed to uh, anger me. Mm. But um, with the Olympics over, yeah, with with that all wrapped up, sure, bow has been tied. We didn't get that big scare that we heard so many people talking about as a reason for the NHL not to go to the Olympics, which was the COVID breakout. We didn't get it. It didn't happen. This wasn't the World Juniors 2.0 that we just went through, where teams had to start dropping out of games and two or three guys at a time were getting COVID. It didn't happen over there, to our knowledge. Uh, You know, I don't know what the testing parameters are like at the Olympics. I would assume pretty high, but... Yeah. Well, it sounded like they were getting tested. Yeah. Um, Just no one was actually getting the results Mm. was the thing, so... Okay. It did sound like they uh, had a lot of tests and did a lot of theater. Um, because, like, Canada was all all rattled during the women's tournament. That they still had not been given, uh, I think it was Russia, mm-hmm. their test results. I'm like, alright, I guess we'll just play with masks on. I don't know what the hell else to do. Um, you know, it, there, there were a few people that kind of said, like, yeah, I don't really know that this is being done uh, super officially. Okay. I, I I know other athletes had to had to drop out because of results, so I maybe naively just assumed that it was on par with all the all the athletes. But maybe yeah, not. I don't know. Like there was definitely testing being done. Yeah. Uh, friend of High Button Sports, Kenzie Lalonde, was over there and was posting every time she had to do a test, which mm. was like twice a day because she uh, went to a lot of games. Um, so they were doing them, but it just didn't really seem like there was a lot being done to make those results known well, to all the parties. Well, let, let's go ahead and, and assume the best of people. Sure. Okay. And that these tests were being done and the results were just negative and that if if they were positive, we would have found out then. Okay. Okay. Knowing what we know I now... I mean, the Olympics would never miss a positive test result, I'm sure. It's not happened that I know of, but first time for everything. Mm-hmm. Don't know how to test for anything, these people. <clears throat> Knowing what we know now, is the charade that was put on about NHL players not going to avoid this big COVID catastrophe, is that still warranted? Like, like, is there a little bit of that, eh, we were chicken little and we were just scared of the sky falling and we never were really going to be in, in trouble in the first place? Or did Gary Bettman actually have... A like to stand on here in 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 this decision for a COVID preemptive. No, I agreed with it one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. I wouldn't have gone over if I were an athlete. There's no fucking way hmm. to to come back and miss two plus weeks. Like, sure, two two weeks of quarantine. It would be well. It would be a lot more than that because you essentially be a player getting acquired from another team. You'd have to get into practices and. Uh, so to go to the Olympics, you'd be leaving early February and probably coming back, uh, April and then playing in the playoffs in May. That's, I wouldn't have taken that risk. I, a hundred percent. Where do you get April from? Like all the athletes are back. Right. Yeah. And they got back this week. Sure. So they would have quarantined for two weeks. They probably would have had to practice for two to three to play. Wasn't the quarantine done in China? Yeah. So what was, what, what? That, well, the end it. of the Olympics. Yeah. So then, Plus two weeks. Right. So you're back now. Well, reg- like, regardless, you would have missed eight to ten games additionally. 
Sure. Is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Like, what, and last week of March, first week of April, whatever. Um, but, I, like, yeah, I don't, I don't see why that would be worth the risk for me. I don't really get that. Okay. You know? Yeah. It was just weird to me, like, th- this was the big panic the, that I saw from a lot of people, and then the panic didn't come. And yeah. this, is, this is the same group of people that, for the most part, uh, aren't worried about the uh, COVID parameters to begin with. So it was just a very odd, uh, double-edged sword. Yeah, but they're worried about the rules. They're not worried about the actual COVID part of it. Mm. Like, I wouldn't have been worried about getting COVID over there. I would have been worried about missing games on the way back. It's same goes for me right now, coaching a minor hockey team. I'm not worried about getting COVID. I'm worried about having to miss hockey because I have to quarantine. That's more so what I'm... I'm not worried about get it. Like, so that's why I'm not going anywhere doing anything right now. Right? I, I don't know. I don't really know that that was what they were worried about. I think it was the time more mm. than the actual okay. consequence. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, it was just... Uh, For me, anyway. That's how I understand it. Yeah. I don't know. No, that's, that's, right. and that's, think... that's fair. I, I don't think I really saw that. But that that is a, a legit perspective to take on. Yeah. You know, that, that's very fair. Um, to me, it just, like I said, it, it just kind of sucks that there was this fear, the thing didn't end up happening, and we were kind of scared for nothing in the big picture, I suppose. For me. I, I guess. I mean, you can make that argument about the last two years. Yeah, sure. I guess. Sure. But, like, it, it's, to me, I'm not saying you're making this argument, but I have no time for it because it is, like, a hindsight's 2020 shit to me, and that's just... I don't know. Yeah, yeah, like revisionist history is very, very easy when uh, it's history and not in the moment. So mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't care. I, I'm didn't miss the NHL. <laughs> I guess everyone else did, but I did not. Uh, speaking of revisionist history, the Chicago Blackhawks used a little bit of that when they hired uh, the guy that they're currently paying uh, to fill the job that he <sighs> was currently doing. Uh, Kyle Davidson is the new GM. Replacing himself? How is it that everything that they've done recently, and this is still somehow among the most pissed off that they've ever made me? Like, what a fucking joke. You know? I, uh... Fuck off with this. I got to imagine that it wasn't a long line of candidates. No, that's the re- that's the <laughs> thing for me. Like, just correct me if I'm wrong. Did they interview anyone other than uh Kyle Davidson, Pete Shirelli, and Eddie Olchek, who apparently they were not interviewing for the job. They were actually just consulting him about who they should hire. Yeah. So what did Eddie do? He was just like, ah, I wouldn't hire either of these guys. And it's like, well, that's all we got. The uh the AGM from the Cubs was interviewed. And yeah, I did see that. There was there was another name that I, I'm forgetting, but beyond Olchek and uh Shirelli, uh it was like five or six names at the very end. Great. So uh, yeah, Kyle Davidson. Three of them, and none of them were qualified for the job. Yeah. So. Kyle Davidson is going to stick around. Um, cool. <clears throat> he says that the rebuild is on. Uh, much to the dismay of uh, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, who I I see here, uh, not in the long term plans. Hmm. Well, I'm sure Jonathan Taves is upset because that means his career's over. So that that's tough. Uh, Kane will have to. You know, deal with living somewhere else, I suppose. Mm. Whatever. I don't know. It's a very uh, fitting thing of Patrick Kane to be like, oh, I want to stay here. I actually want to play for this team. This team rocks. He would never. 
He rocks. He would never. What a great time uh, he had. I don't know where you're... I'm sure you've had a great time. Slipping $10.5 million off to, but... Uh, Buffalo. <laughs> There's no way. He's coming Buffalo. home. Well, does he have a no movement? Like a full? I don't know if like it's full, full, but he's got partial at least. Hmm. What do you think? Patty Kane to the... To the Ducks for a run? The Ducks? I don't know. They're a bubble team right now. They could use the help. I feel like they have no cap. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Mind you, like, I can't think of anyone that they're paying. And also, uh, I think they're smarter than that. Like, I don't know why they... I don't think they're smarter than that. They have the cap space. No, I, I have, have faith in Pat for Beast there. I think they're going to be good. They have, like, $40 million in cap space. Right now? Yeah. They Everyone makes, like, $6 million there. No? Silverberg... Gibson, Fowler's like 6'5", Manson's like 4'5". Their highest paid forward is Adam Henrique at 5'8". That's not good either. Silverberg's around 6', I thought, no? Silverberg's 5'2". That's a lot. Fowler's 6'5". Yeah. There's only two other defensemen making over a mil. And they get some money. Yeah, I don't know. I I wouldn't do that, obviously, if I'm Anaheim, but I think their GM is uh, smart enough, so... No, thank you. Pat Verbeek... uh, Hasn't earned my faith yet. Hmm. I'm sure Patrick Kane uh, can find himself a nice little condo and a sweet golf membership in Arizona. What What would Pat Verbeek not like more than to bring in a short guy named Patrick that a lot of the league doesn't like? Hmm. Scores a lot of goals. Yeah, I think they're still paying Patrick Eves, so I think they're that too. fine there. That too. Yeah. Uh, what should we talk about? Oh, you know what? Well, we just we just mentioned uh, Patty Kane potentially uh, joining a team. Let's talk about a guy that actually joined a team, Jack mm. Eichel, and the uh, one four and one Vegas Golden Knights since he arrived. <laughs> hmm. Not quite the honeymoon we were expecting, was no. it? No. And like, look, I get that the guy hasn't played hockey in a while, mm-hmm. and I'm not even saying that I'm happy about this, but I was. I was curious. You know, I, I, I came out, I made some comments. I didn't know how this was going to go at the time when the trade went down. I'll give it more than a few games, obviously. I was going to say, are you, uh, are you declaring this a failure six games in? Well, it's just like the, the teams that you're playing, you, you'd expect more. You know, losing to the Avalanche is fine. But Arizona, San Jose... Uh, the Kings, even, you know, like for, for where this team is supposed to be at with, with a lineup like this, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just kind of happy to see Vegas uh, suffering a little bit because I'm, I'm getting sick and tired of this franchise. Mm-hmm. And they've only been around for f- five or six years. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. It's the, it's the inner bitter Leaf fan in me. You know, everyone should suffer because I have to suffer. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Jack Eichel, what, what are your thoughts on uh, the newly fused man? Or unfused, I suppose. Mm. Is he fused or unfused? He's unfused, I guess. Yeah, he, yeah. he replaced. He didn't fuse. No, I thought it was a fusion. No, he didn't want the fusion. I thought he wanted the fusion. No, he wanted the artificial disc replacement. So he's not a fuser. Not a fuser. No fusion. No fusion. Unfused. Not on the ice, anyway. Mm. Um... <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't. Ha- I think it's fine. I. I mean, like, um, if anything, for me, it's almost more of an argument why uh, maybe Mark Stone should be higher up in our uh, uh, 
heart considerations uh, to this point, right? Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think this team's just missing their best player. And I think maybe we're learning that he is by far their best player. I, uh, they weren't that outstanding when he was playing. Let's, and he's been hurt. No, but, but they haven't been very good without him. Yeah. I mean, like, like you named four losses, uh, you know, two of them against pretty good teams, I, I will say. Like, Colorado and L.A. is beating almost everyone right now. So, uh, but even still, like, you know, Eichel's not been very good. Um, they're not winning enough. So, we'll have to see what happens there if it takes them some time to settle in or what's going to happen there, right? I don't know. Um it does sort of seem like they're going to have to get pretty creative at the trade deadline right now because this isn't going to be good enough. And if it keeps going on, I don't know what to say. They got a tough test tonight in Boston. So it's a, it's a tight race in that Pacific. And I think, you know, go back to that episode with Alex Hobson at the beginning of the year. I don't think any of us had this being a tight race in the Pacific. No, uh, no, I didn't really see anyway. Universally a, a walk away for Vegas Mm -hmm. by all accounts. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't because, and that's the other problem too. How how aggressive can you be at the trade deadline when you have literally no money to work with? Yeah, I know. I, I don't you know gotta, what they you got to. You got to get really creative, and then so who's the cap you're moving up? Like you're gonna trade uh, Riley Smith? Like no, got to be Dadnov. No, Dadnov or Martinez. You can try. Yeah, you can. Well, Martinez isn't even playing. Like you can't even move him either. So mm. uh, Dadnov maybe, but you got to convince him to go. Yeah. So it's uh, that's a tough one. You know, um, what did you think about Mark Stone and and the LTIR Olympics that went on there? Much, you know, very very much has been made about Tampa Bay and what they did with Kucherov last season. Mm-hmm. This one felt dirtier to me in a way because he, he like Kucherov had the surgery. They didn't disguise the timing. That's for sure. No, no. Kucherov had the surgery. He was he was clearly recovering from a very public thing. Did that recovery take as long as it did? Probably not. Um, but we're not doctors. Like, we can't make that mm-hmm. call. Uh, Mark Stone played the game before he was put on LTIR. Yeah. And, like, I, I don't know the rules well enough to sit here and say that they did anything illegal. Mm-hmm. Clearly they haven't. There's been no punishment. But it just felt so shady. Like, here, here's a guy that, oh, gee, you know, he's really been struggling. He's been He's been hurt uh, this whole time. We're going to put him on LTIR. It's like, that doesn't feel like... That's how this should work. If it is that how it works, that's that's one conversation. But for it to work that way, feels very wrong to me. Well, the, yeah, the timing the timing was, uh, you know, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's like I, I don't think you can. It's like it's like uh, someone killing their wife, and then all of a sudden they move ooh, to Belize, sell the house. It's a very dark and, episode. Well, uh, I feel like maybe he did it. Yeah. Um, but but the thing the 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 other side of it with Mark Stone is that if he's dealing with a back well he is dealing with a back issue. It's quite possible that uh, he saw a doctor and the doctor and they're like oh like what are we gonna do about this and they're like oh well uh, rest he needs rest I don't know what else to say because it's a back issue and that's almost always the problem. Um, so they're resting him like like I, I don't know that genuinely might be what's going on. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I don't think people give enough credit to the long, long, long list of NHL players' careers that end because of back problems. Like, it it 
I would have to imagine outnumbers concussion, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we were, I was sitting at a hockey game the other night. We were talking about old players that just retired, and it was like, oh well, what happened to him? And I rhymed like they rhymed off like six or seven guys, and it was literally every single one of them. Like, oh yeah, it was a back problem. It was a back problem. It was a back problem. It's always a back problem with these fucking guys. So I don't know how healthy Mark Stone actually is necessarily. Like he's playing well, but maybe it's not something that's overly sustainable. Mm-hmm. Is the problem? Um, to me, basically what I'm saying is is I believe that he's hurt. Sure, absolutely. But we can agree I, on that. I yeah. also believe that maybe it is something he could have played through and they're choosing not to play him through. I'm equally as willing to believe, though, that maybe Mark Stone is actually in some serious trouble mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It, and it, it's, a, it's a slippery slope because I don't want to sit here and, and suggest that he's not hurt. Um, you can make the argument that, oh, I tweak something in the last game and you know now I'm actually hurt but for me it's like there should be like some sort of not 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 penalty sure thank you the bar is open yeah we weren't uh, we weren't towing the line enough the first half of the episode I want to see if we can really get cancelled here um but no, I, I don't mean to suggest that he's not hurt or, you know, that anything is going on in terms of lying about his health. But I just, I just, like, I wonder if there should be some sort of a period of time uh, established in With the rules. which you can replace well, the cap? Like, let's let's say that you've you've played the, the three games leading up to the moment you're put on LTIR. Again, I, I know it's a difficult slope because you can just say, oh, I, I tweaked my back in the last game, and no one's really going to have the evidence okay. to support that. Well, well I'll, I'll see your suggestion, and I'll give you a scenario. Jake Muzzin suffers a concussion the other night. Yeah. Should the Leafs be restricted on what kind of move they can make after the fact? I don't think so, because there was a very clear timeline that was established. Was there? Well, he got hit. He left the game. He was hurt. Mm-hmm. He didn't return to the game. Mark Stone is out there playing. So they should have drop. had to sit him out. Like, here's, here's what I'm saying. Like, th- again, it's a slippery slope, though, because say you propose something where you can't make a move for, like, ten days. Mm-hmm. So the Vegas Golden Knights should have to force Mark Stone to play the next game. So that way they're able to make a move in lieu of an injury that they know exists. No. No, they shouldn't be forced to play him. But... Like, at the end of the day, all these injuries get reported to the league by an actual medical doctor. Absolutely. Of course, doctors never lie. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know what I mean? You see what yeah. I'm saying, right? Like, most of them, I'm assuming, are uh, ethical. Maybe not all of them. Yeah. Like, the last time Mark Stone got hurt this season, he injured something, he missed a few games, he didn't go on LTIR. Now, magically... You give us, like, three weeks off and we just sit here with conspiracy yeah. theories. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah, some yeah. thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Next is... But I don't... Next we're going to talk about parallax views. Right. Oof. <laughs> the Calgary Flames, the Yo 4 Stanley Cup champions. And I hope Hoagie's yeah. listening. But, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and say that I have an answer. I'm just saying, is there room to nix this for the next time? 
Yeah, because this, it just, I love Mark Stone. I got nothing against the dude. It just, this feels wrong. Everybody knew what was going to happen. Everybody saw what happened. Yeah. And everybody went, No, I get mm, that. Yeah, okay, sure. You know, but yeah, he's probably in a lot of pain. <laughs> like, I don't, I'm not sitting here suggesting that the guy is perfectly healthy sitting at I home. I mean, here, here I think is your difference between, and I'm not saying that they both did or didn't do something wrong here, but here's your difference between Tampa Bay and, and Vegas. And what Tampa did last year. Vegas don't look too fucking good without him. Sure. Whereas Tampa loses Kucherov. Everything was fine. Mm-hmm. They literally did not miss him whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I, I, I am nervous about Vegas at the moment. I am. I'm not as convinced with them. I think I even may have maybe took them to win the cup this year. I am not... I don't consider them a cup contender right now. No, I, I don't either. Now, now having said that, I think every year there's maybe eight teams where I could see winning the Stanley Cup. And if I were to m- maybe name eight right now, I'm not super convinced that any of them are the real deal. I think this year is very... There are a lot of teams where you could tell me, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know, I could see it. Because it's been a very strange year. You know, as good as Colorado's been, like, I don't... I don't know. <laughs> like... There's, there's three teams for me. Like, Colorado has a litany of injury problems between all of their stars. Literally none of them have been healthy in their careers yeah. oh, absolutely. at the same time, right? So it's like, that can happen. Uh, they're a skill-based team that maybe is just going to get, you know, out, out-hooked and out-tripped in the playoffs. And, they you know, power play doesn't click. Anything can happen to mm-hmm. them. Um... Well, who are you? Who would be your three? There's three teams for me, and it's 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 not even a conversation. It's Colorado, it's Tampa Bay, it's Carolina. They all have flaws, and any team in the league can have injury problems. Well, I don't know that Tampa Bay has flaws. To be quite honest, I don't know that they do. Carolina has uh, massive flaws, but they just haven't hurt them yet this year. Yeah. So, you know, uh, the rest of the teams that are in the playoffs, they they are having to capitalize on misfortunes from those three teams, as far as I'm concerned. They're not going to win a Stanley Cup unless Freddie Anderson turns back into Freddie Anderson. Uh, Vasilevsky blows a knee or something. I firmly believe that it is going to be a year where the hottest goaltender is going to win the Stanley Cup. Quite possibly. And, And as much as I feel weird saying it, like, I feel good about, like, Boston and St. Louis right now. Like, you can't take anything away from Swayman at all. Yeah. Right now. No, that's... He's been lights out. That's for sure. Huso, not as good as he had been, but almost no goalie has been as good ever as he had been. Yeah. He's still been pretty good. And then who's your backup there? Oh, it's the one guy that's done the yeah, odd goalie did the thing, thing before. Exactly, so, yeah. 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 I don't know. It, it's it's but, interesting. But same thing for Tampa. Tampa's got good goaltender... I've been saying it for years, I need a second goalie. Um, you know, Freddie Anderson's been doing the thing all year. Yeah. Who's to say that he is going to just fall apart all of a sudden? Like, maybe he is genuinely just back to being Freddie Anderson, you know? Um, it, it's it's weird. You're right. Like, I, I do think that there's an aspect of the hottest goalie 
Uh, and you know what we saw last year with Carey Price. You know, this this does happen every year. Sure. It's it's how far can that one individual drag the rest of the dying carcass? But, but I guess to go back to where we were, do I think that Robin Leonard is going to catch that fire right now? I'm not so sure. Sure. Because as much as I I love the guy, he has not been great this no. year. And as much as I actually think he is a solid backup, I can't see Laurent Brassois winning you a Stanley Cup. I, I've now, wa- could you see a Jack Michael, Mark Stone, Alex Petrangelo trio win you a Stanley Cup and have an anti-Niemi situation in it? Right now, no. No, I can't. I, I don't have a lot of faith in Vegas right now. We're going to get to some trade rumor stuff in a minute, but is there a goaltender that you think is available that can make the big pendulum switch uh, shift for any uh, any of these teams? Uh, hmm. Well, I see, see, the other thing too, though, is you have to almost... You almost have to answer that question by who is the best team with the worst goalie right now? Who is the best you know what team I mean? like, with the like, worst goalie? Like a, a really good team that isn't getting goaltending. Because there's nothing that's going to make Carolina or Tampa Bay's goaltending better right now. Sure. Kemper's playing very well. Yeah. I hope to God he stays healthy for, yeah. their, for their sake. Um, but they don't need a goalie. They don't need a goalie. Like the answer's, <laughs> the answer's Toronto, probably. But, you know, I, I think they probably have that goalie on their roster right now. But if it's not Campbell, it's certainly not Mrazek. Carter Hutton. Mm. Mm-hmm. Friend of the show. Michael Hutchinson. Yeah, friend of the show, Carter Hutton. Um, I think there's... Oh, yeah, Leafs got Carter Hutton. Man. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you... Uh, oh, yeah, that. sure. That's yeah. the first Thunder Bay guy on the Leafs since, what, Bruce Gamble? Uh, also uh, a goaltender. Is that true? Probably. I feel like it is. Hmm. I can't name another one since no, then. No, I can't think of one. Cool. Here, here, Here's your goalie stops. There, there's two of them that are very obvious to me, anyway. Uh, one is Florida, but I understand that you're already paying one of those guys $10.5 million to not stop the puck. And the other is Washington. Yeah, they got a problem there. And those those are two teams that I think are very firmly in the playoff discussion. They're like they're not going anywhere. They're going to be there uh, for the dance in May. And and what can they do to shore up that position? Because everybody around them has got it figured out. Everybody in that division for the for the Capitals, the, the three teams above them, they're they know exactly what they're facing. You're, you're either getting one of <sighs> Jari, Frederick Anderson. Or Igor Shosturkin. Oh God, Nightmare Alley. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I um. I think of any team in the playoffs right now. I have the least faith in the Washington Capitals to figure it out. I just can't. I can't buy them as a serious contender this year. Sure. I, I can't. Like they they've won so many games because they're getting like. They were getting out-of-this-world production from Alex Ovechkin. Um, they've won Stanley Cups on great defensive system before, which is weird. Singular. Don't don't pluralize They've won a Stanley Cup and yeah. had really good teams Thank you. Uh, with Thank that you. good defensive system. That coach <laughs> has been gone for years now. So, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I, don't, I don't have any faith in Washington to figure that out. Sorry, I just wanted to mention uh, breaking news mm, as we're talking about elite, elite goaltending in the NHL. 
Uh, down 5-1, to one, uh, John Cooper has just pulled the goalie with five minutes left in the game. That's sick. Love it. What's the earliest goalie pull you remember seeing in an NHL game? There was one where... I'm pretty sure Coop's done it down three with eight minutes left. Before. I was going to say, I want to say like around the eight minute mark. <laughs> I was watching one, it was like 8.35 and yeah. it was like, fuck it. Yeah. And I'm like, cool. And you know what, like there, there, there have been times in the not too distant past where I'm watching uh, an absolute onslaught by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, except Peter Mrazek has managed to stop four of uh, nine shots. How dare you name names. And I'm just sitting there thinking, like, if you just pull the goalie right now, just just fucking pull the goalie right now, you're down by three goals, mm. there's ten minutes left, just fucking do it. You have controlled the entire game. I wonder if there's a wins above replacement comparison between your goaltender and a sixth skater. Like, if Jay Fresh has ever ran those numbers on a team. I, I can't even fathom the math right I now. I would almost like to see a chart on a night where a goalie's so bad. Yeah. If the number outweighs. Yeah. You know. Even if you Probably could, never, but... Even if you could break it down to a single period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be awesome. Jay Fresh, my guy. Um, anyway, sorry, to, to maybe go back to the question I, I proposed. Is there a goalie that you think can get hot enough to drag a team to the Stanley mm-hmm. Cup that won't appear on a playoff team? That won't appear? Yeah. Like, won't get Like a guy that there? would get traded... Because he's not going to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. but he's like he's but he's not he's on a team that's bad enough to not make the playoffs, but somehow he is also good enough to win a Stanley Cup in a different market. Um, well, possibly Shesterkin. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. well, I think I think all the playoff teams are spoken. For yeah, no, I, I they'll be fine. Um, yeah, I I don't know, but Craig Anderson. But I guess my answer. Oh yeah. I guess my answer would be that I I think that there are plenty of goalies that in the right system maybe could do a better job than the goalies that are there. And so, like, even, like, a Alex Nedeljkovic comes to mind, mm. but he's not getting traded, and, you know, uh, they're not out of their mind. Uh, John Gibson. I don't think the Ducks are going to end up making it. John Gibson's good enough to, to do it. The issue with John Gibson is... They need to trade him or find him another goalie so that way he only has to play like 45 games a year because he seems to just break after 45 games because um, he's never good the second half of the year. Mm. Uh, they need to find a way to get him like in Tampa Bay with Vasilevsky and both of those, they'll both have like 1.3 GAAs. Make, make me a deal for Connor Hellebuck. Like you want me to or yeah. that's what you're saying? Like do you think the Jets would... Move him for the right price. How old's Connor Hellebuck now? Twenty eight. Uh, yeah, I think so. I'd trade him. Well, I mean, actually, let me let me put it this way. I, if I were the general manager of the Winnipeg Jets, I would retool that team as aggressively as you possibly fucking could this this deadline. Yeah. I'd trade Hellebuck, uh, Shifley, Stasny, Cop, Lowry if his dad weren't the coach. Hellebuck will be 29 um, in a couple months, and he's got two years after this year. Like, if I'm the Jets, I won't trade Perfetti, I won't trade Connor, I won't trade Veselainen, but okay. retool the rest. Maybe Dylan Sandberg? Yeah. Just for just for shits. Would you trade him to Florida oh, for, like, a package of 
Knight plus plus plus. I don't know how crazy I am about trading for a high goaltending prospect necessarily. Actually, I'll even just word it differently. I don't know how high I am on Spencer Knight at the moment. No, that's fair. Um, but would I trade him Hellebuck? See, it's interesting. Like, at what point do they... Like, you could probably get Lundell on a bunch of other shit, I would think. As good as Lundell's been. Yeah, oh yeah. You know. Like, you like, go, like you if go I Knight, tell you Lundell that... And, uh, and a first? Eh... Well, if I'm Florida, I don't think I would give up that much because I don't think they would have to. But Lundell and a couple other things and probably gets it done. Mm. You know. I mean, Lundell's one of the best prospects in the game, right? Sure. And so, you know, if you want to hang on tonight, you can. But, yeah, then you got to deal with Hellebuck and Bobrovsky as your goalies. That'd be interesting. Florida just feels like that, that team that, that has to do something... Just based on on the path out of the division, never mind the conference. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, we're not even worried about Carolina and Pittsburgh and, and the Rangers to some extent. We're, well, we got to get past the guys down the road as well as yeah. the guys in Toronto and maybe the, the hot goalie in Boston. The problem for them is if they're going to play a seven game series against Tampa Bay, where. Speaking in terms of expected goals percentage, every game is going to be fifty one forty nine. And you are honestly expecting that you are going to beat Andre Vasilevsky versus Sergey Bobrovsky in that. Mm-hmm. You don't need Vasilevsky in your net. You need not Bobrovsky in yours. Yeah. And Hellebuck is maybe that answer, yeah. Or is it as simple as saying anybody else than Bobrovsky? Do you not have to go to the extreme of Connor Hellebuck? Can you go after a guy like... Uh, Thomas Grice in Detroit. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Except not Grice in, De- in Detroit, yeah. but I, I or get Or Corpus Allo in Columbus. Ooh, no, even worse. No. Getting, getting worse. No, I'd actually rather have Bobrovsky mm. than Corpus Allo. That's how bad I think he is. I would say, though... I mean, like, let, let instead of making it complicated, let's just get simple here. Uh, I don't think he would cost that much via trade, and... He's much better than what you got. I'd go get Flurry. Yeah, maybe, eh? Right. Yeah, he he feels like a guy that I don't know. That that to me seems weird. Mark Andre Florida, uh, Flurry in Florida. He's already a Blackhawk. Yeah. It's already gotten weird. It's over with. <laughs> you know, you know when a guy goes to a team and then it's just kind of like, all right, like when Yarmer Yager signed with who was it, New Jersey? Yeah. When he came back yeah. there, then it was like, all right, this is over. Mm-hmm. This guy can just literally play wherever. It's not going to make sense ever again. You know? Should the Caps uh, consider a reunion with Braden Holtby? Should they consider it? For sure. Is it better than where they're at now? Maybe. They're not... Their goaltending's bad now. Yeah. I think I think Dallas has to flip them just based on... You know, you're up, you're up in a market against a Marc-Andre Fleury. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, Varlamov, to some extent, might be on the block. Corpusala has been talked about a lot. Uh, Thomas Grice, James Reimer, Jonathan Bernier. Like there, there are names out there, and Dallas has Braden Holtby sitting here, expiring UFA in the summer. They're probably not making the playoffs. If they're making the playoffs, it's on the back of Jake Ottinger. It's not. It's not because Braden Holtby dragged them there. Um, so I think the time for them is now to sell on Holtby 
and just get anything back. And to me, the only team that I can see taking a run uh, on him is is the team that has had success in the past with him. Like, there's no other team on this on this list of playoff contenders, like even including Florida, where it's like Braden Holtby makes sense. It's it's Washington or bust, I think, and I, I think they'd be dumb to not pick up the phone and and, and ask Jim Neal, you know, what's it going to take to get this guy uh, back in Washington. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, Flurry's not going there, so <laughs> well, it uh, certainly doesn't sound that way. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you can do that. Where like here, here are your options. You can do that. Trade for a guy who's been all right this year, but has been good in the past. Or you can try to trade for someone who's had like a decent season that maybe you think they can catch fire on on your team. Mm-hmm. And th- this far away from the deadline, and the way this year's been, there aren't a lot of options. So, like a month ago, I would have said Carol Vimelka. Carol Vimelka not been very good since I made that comment. Mm-hmm. But do I feel better about him on Washington than Braden Holtby? Like maybe. Like I I, I don't know. It, it get it gets to a point where you have to ask like is a guy doing horribly on a team because he's bad or is or is the team so bad that no one can do well there? Like Arizona also has Scott Wedgwood. Do I think Scott Wedgwood, who's got a nine ten right now, is above league average goaltender because league average is like a nine oh seven? No, I don't think all of a sudden at like 28, Scott Wedgwood is is good. But is he having a good year and maybe could he be better for you than what you got? Yeah, it seems that way. If he's 9-10 on Arizona, uh, wow. Yeah. It'd be crazy on a playoff team. Man. Maybe, yeah. I don't uh, know. But those are your options. Yeah. You know, you, t- you take the unknown or the known. Speaking of Arizona, uh, they did make a deal with the Chalmay Police recently. Not the mm. Carter Hutton deal. Um, but they... I like the Hutt deal. They did send uh, defenseman Ilya Lubushkin to Toronto in exchange for uh, Nick Ritchie. Mm. Um, now, Nick Ritchie, prior to arriving in Arizona, mm. there were three players, three forwards, signed beyond this season mm-hmm. for the Arizona Coyotes. Nick Ritchie. Okay. Nick Ritchie makes four. Good stuff. Nick Ritchie says to the rest of the NHL, in my opinion, uh, we are here, we are open, and we will take your bad contracts. Okay. Because we don't have any contracts hmm, at the moment. Right. So how big a player bad contracts better than no contracts. Right. How big a player is Arizona gonna be? Because look, look. Let's let's face the harsh reality right here, right now. Okay. If if I get, yeah, this episode hasn't been faced with any no, realities. No, this has been. It's time to get real. Sunshine and gumdrops. Never mind for an what happened at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, it's time to get real. Okay, okay. You get to July first. I don't even know who the GM of Arizona is. You get to July first. Armstrong's brother, as Armstrong's brother, probably still Armstrong, and you need to fill twelve roster spots. Who the hell is signing up to play in the ASU <laughs> Arena next season? Outside of guys that played Holy in ASU-sized arenas the year before. Yeah. So you got to start picking up guys with term today. <laughs> because you're not going to be able to get guys signed to term tomorrow. Doesn't it just feel like they're teetering on the edge of a cliff? 
Like, I, I legit want to see what happens. How does when, it get better? When they roll into uh, training camp in September, and they're just like, yeah, uh, sorry, refs. Uh, we've, we've got all 12 of our guys that have contracts, but this is all we could muster. We had open tryouts. Uh, no fans came out. We don't have any players. Like, this is, this is midget B bullshit, where... You're looking at the bench. You've got five guys on the ice. You got three guys on the bench. That's your I, team. I had more kids showing up than twelve. Um, uh, well, I mean, but here's the thing, though, right? It's like, how does this get any better? Because your solution to your problem that you're pitching is it's going to be a bunch of like AHL and college free agents guys that would maybe want to sign there. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure some NHLer will sign there, right? Why? Some some idiot's going to want to go golfing. And especially once they acquire Patrick Kane. I like guess I said, so. Right, because Patrick Kane's going to get a golf membership there. Yeah. So, they sign a couple guys. But it's going to be like a bunch of college free. Like, they, has to be. They have a very real possibility to be one of the worst teams ever next year. And they're going to be playing in front of 3,500 people. Mm-hmm. How do they make it out of that alive? How Honest indeed. to God. Honest, I'm being... I, like, it will be... This is no hyperbole. It will be the most shocking thing in pro sports if in six teams this team, or six years, this team wins a Stanley Cup in Arizona. It'll be the most shocking thing in my lifetime. You said win a Stanley Cup? Yeah. Make the playoffs. That's Be around is more so what I'm getting at. Okay. But, like, say they actually make it out of this. (laughs) Like, I, I would be... I... Fuck... Maybe I'll place a bet in Vegas. Ten bucks, they win the 2026 Stanley Cup. Probably pays out like $40 trillion. Look, they have a shitload of picks. <laughs> no, like, I, I I get it. Like, from a, from a hockey standpoint, they're not in a terrible spot in the sense that they don't have any bad contracts, like, like you said, but... The ASU thing complicates things oh. so much. Oh, yeah. You know, like so much has been made about Jacob Ch- Jacob Chitron uh, leaving this team, about him being a high commodity that they got to move out, right? And I think a lot of teams should be knocking on the door if, if he's on the block. He's he's the only defenseman you have signed for more than two seasons. He's young, he's pretty good. You should maybe hold on to him because you're not gonna have anybody else. Signing up to play defense at the ASU Arena next season. I certainly agree with that, but I also think Jacob Chikrin is not nearly as good as people think he is. And so I, I considering what it sounds like people may want to give up to get him at like $2.3 million half retained. Oh yeah, like I, I would try to make that fucking deal now, for sure. Because I, you know, if teams are going to offer you... Well, I don't know who would be trading a high pick that would want to trade for him, but, like, are offering you, like, an Anton Lundell-level prospect, let's say. Yeah, like, I, I think there's a very good chance that in a couple years, Anton Lundell's worth a lot more than Jacob Chikrin as far as, you know, wins above replacement or however you want to quantify it. I can't fathom a, a Lundell deal for Jacob Chikrin. Like, this is a guy that's going to go for, what, a first and a third? Who, Chikrin? Yeah. No, the talk is that he's going to go for a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. Remember, Ben Sherratt's going for a first day, so... Yeah, it was not. There's, n- <laughs> there's not a chance in hell. No, I know, but, like... there, There is a lot of talk that... Like, teams are foaming at the mouth about Chikrin. 
supposedly. Hmm. He's good. Yeah. Like, good. He's cheap, he's young. He's, he's, he's a top-pairing defenseman in the league. But people are talking about him like he's an elite defenseman, and I wouldn't quite say that. Yeah. I would compare him to Darnell Nurse. He's a top-pairing defenseman who needs a partner. Sure. Yeah. He's, he, I think he is the perfect, like, deadline pickup. For sure. For, for a team that's trying to win now. For sure. Right? Uh, in some ways, I think he's even, like, maybe a little too young at this stage of his career. He's just, yeah. he's got term. He's young. He's cheap. To me, if you trade him as the Arizona Coyotes, you're trading, you're by far your best defenseman, maybe your best player. Like, I, I do like Clayton Keller, but yeah, he hasn't well, Chikrin's blown probably me the away. best player, but, you know. All that says to the few fans that you're going to get next season is that uh, not only do we know that we're not going to be good next year, we don't think we're going to be good enough in 2025 to keep Jacob Chicken around for when he still only will be 27 years old. Okay, well then why am I coming out? Why am I coming to watch the games? And all of a sudden, the entire structure of your, you know, funds <laughs> evaporates and you can't afford to build the fucking arena that you said you're going to build to replace the ASU complex. And now we're in Houston. You raise a good point. How are they going to afford that arena? Right? Like, no, but that... You are right. Where is that money coming from, actually? It's because they're not playing any players play hockey. That's how they're going to do it. What if we take the $80 million we spent on contracts and we just don't pay that for a year? No, we're already not doing that. Oh, right. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's... It's similar to the whole, you know, trade Anthony Mantha thing from last year. Is that by the time Detroit's good, Anthony Mantha's going to be 30. Absolutely. By the time this team's good, Jacob Chikrin is going to be, like it or not, on the decline. And you're absolutely right. So, But my problem is, is that You the, could the argue message, he's already on the fucking yeah, decline. The, it's, it's just the message. It's the optics. Sure. You have to, you have, to have a no, reason I understand that. to get up in the morning. Okay? If I didn't have to leave my bed every day, I probably wouldn't. Okay, but uh, there's things to do. I'm going to send a letter to the GM of the Arizona Coyotes and tell him that I want to help him write season three because I think he's doing a bad job. Right. Yeah. <laughs> season three. Yeah. Season three was going pretty good for the Arizona Coyotes. I'll say that much. Compared to season better, 26. better season three. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Mm. What do we see first? Euphoria season three or the Arizona Coyotes make the playoffs? Oh, you're serious? Not really. You're not seeing this team in the playoffs uh, ever again. <laughs> because by the time this Let's this go. franchise is good enough to make the playoffs, uh, they'll be on their fourth city. <laughs> okay. Okay. Going to be traveling circus. Yeah, they're going to move to Kansas City. They're going to find out real fast that didn't work. Hey. And then they're off to Houston. It goes back to our idea from season one. They mm-hmm. should just be a traveling team. Traveling Coyotes. Yep. Yeah, the wandering coyotes. Um, Playing a trap. We rambled about the coyotes there for a little bit, but yeah. I wanted to I wanted to do this with you before yeah, we get too far. Um, real quick, yes or no? Hmm. Don't think about it. First first response: playoff team. Yes or no? Okay, Carolina. Playoff team. Yeah, of course. Pittsburgh. Yes. Rangers. Yes. Washington. Like, should they be there, or they're going they to make, make the playoffs? It? Uh, probably. I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. Tampa Bay. 
Yeah. Florida. Yeah. Toronto. Yeah. Boston. Yeah. Okay, so the East is set. Colorado. Well, who who's close? Like, who could make it over Washington? Columbus. How many points behind are they? Eight. How many points behind is Detroit? Fourteen. Damn, that's a lot of points. If it, if Detroit was like nine, I I would be like okay, maybe. Yeah. Especially the way those rookies have been playing lately. Sure, no, I get like, it. Like, I, uh, Detroit's going to make it. They're fun. They're going to make it close. I mean, the other thing is, too, is, like, could Washington just fucking really lose out this season? No, I'll still say Washington, but I but I don't I don't feel that great about it still. Colorado. Yeah. St. Louis. Yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. Nashville. Yeah. Calgary. Yeah. L.A.? Yeah. Vegas. Yeah. Edmonton. Who's fifth? Anaheim. Who's fifth in the Central? Dallas. How close are they to... Dallas is tied with Edmonton. Anaheim's two points back. Edmonton's playing good lately, though. Uh... Dallas, slightly better. (laughs) Yeah, but it's Dallas. (laughs) Uh, like is I, it is is there room in the West? If we got do we have a race? Oh, for sure. Okay. Oh, anytime you ask me, are are the Edmonton Oilers definitely going to make the playoffs? I, the answer is no. It just feels like we do this every year, where it's like, oh, this team's three points back with a game in hand. It's like, oh, that's a race, and then we go through twenty games. It's like, yeah, it was never a race. Hmm. I'll say Edmonton will make it, but definitely wouldn't say they're a lock. Okay. Like, like, do I think any a lot, a lot of those teams are a lock? Yeah, but some of them are not. Washington, so, not a lock for me, even really? with that big gap. I, okay. I don't know. I don't have any faith in Washington. Uh, L.A., not a lock. Um, Edmonton, not a lock. Uh, Vegas, maybe not a lock. Okay. I don't know. I feel good about the Central. Those four teams, though, I think, I think the East will make the, it. I think the East is done. You got eight playoff Pretty teams. Pretty much. That's what it is. Um, I'm... I'm why I asked is because I'm getting a lot of indications that people think that the 16 teams are set, that it's in stone more or less. And I'm looking at this going, well, I don't know how you make that argument given literally that Dallas is tied in the standings with another team for the last spot and another is a win behind. But Anaheim, they've, they've played more games than everybody else, which is part of the problem for them. Uh, so... And not been very good lately. No, no, absolutely not. I, I don't think Anaheim's making the playoffs. But I, I, I'm definitely not going to close the door on either Dallas or Edmonton at this point. Yeah, I mean, Edmonton's been playing out of their mind since the coaching change. Yeah. So, you know, do I think that that's sustainable? No. But do I think that they're going to fall back hard enough to miss the playoffs? I don't know about that either. Second to fifth in the Pacific is separated by all of uh, four points. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's my thought on that, right? Like that that because again, like LA is a lock. I, I don't know about that. We'll see. I'm trying to figure out how early has a team ever won a division, like clinched a division title. Colorado okay. is fourteen points up on the Blues. Hmm. Uh, they gotta be getting close. You, you gotta think. But yeah, they're playing good. They look good. Pretty good. They look good. Four in a row. Um, what else do I want to talk about? Oh. Sidney Crosby's got 500 goals. Yeah, That's he cool. does. Good for him. Yeah. Congrats, Sid. 
felt like I should have been saying that, like, <laughs> season one, probably, but mm -hmm. here we are. Uh, oh, we missed this, actually, because uh, of uh, the war. I'm going to blame it on the war. Uh, Tower to Foley to the Flames for... Oh, yes. Uh, for Emil Heinemann, a first-round pick, a fifth-round pick, and uh, the third Pitlick brothers. So the Habs can now combine the Pitlick brothers and get... There's three? The Longsword. Yeah, there's Rem, Rem Tyler, Ryan, and Tyler. There's Ryan Pitlick? Yeah. Who the fuck is that? He's the third pit line. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, you know. remember, uh, were you ever into Yu-Gi-Oh! as a kid? No. Okay. So there was this, uh, there was this thing in Yu-Gi-Oh! where there was like these five cards that separately, they all sucked. But if you had all five of them, it was like, you couldn't defeat the, the thing that it made. It's, it's called the Pitlicks? No, but that's just kind of what I imagine oh, the caps are going that for. that is the Pitlicks. Yeah. Oh, okay. They're just like, we have to get this final piece, because the first two, uh, they suck. we got to get the third guy that sucks, because then they'll all be good somehow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like the Toffoli trade, for It's sure. working out I quite well for Calgary. Don't know if I like the Pitlick trade, necessarily. Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, it's working well for Calgary. I mean... Tyler Toffoli, a very good player. Uh, the the thing that I always was wor like worried about with him going to Montreal, and uh, I looked like an idiot at first, but I was right in the end, was that uh, Toffoli isn't like the highest shooting percentage player by himself. Kind of needs other guys around him. He's a very good analytics player, but uh, basically he needs other players to put him in a dangerous shooting spot, and then he'll score. But if he's like trying to create his own op opportunities, he doesn't score that much. <clears throat> um, so he goes to Calgary, a team that uh, is playing unbelievable analytics hockey. Oh, and they also have like incredibly talented playmakers and stuff like that right now. So, yeah, he goes there playing well. Five goals, seven games. Really like the trade. Um, good contract on him, too, I think, is, is a big thing. Um, but this is the kind of trade you make, right? It's for a guy who is playing good hockey, who has good underlying numbers that uh, has won a Stanley Cup, good good deal, like, has played for Daryl Sutter. Like, this trade checked off all the boxes, and they got him at a quite reasonable price. Like, I would actually say maybe the Habs could have got more, but, hmm. um, you know, they didn't have much of a leg to stand on either. So, uh, yeah, love the trade for Calgary. Great, great trade for Calgary. Um. I, I was actually kind of surprised at the return at first. I, I thought it was a little bit much for Tyler Toffoli. Now, obviously, he's done well in Calgary. He looks great. Um, with each goal he scores, it looks like a better and better deal. Um, but when I saw what was going back to Montreal, I kind of, you know, yeah, Pitlick, whatever. It's a guy to help make the money work. Um, but the, the first, the fifth, and... Heinemann. Like, I'm, I'm kind of curious about how this is going to impact the rest of the trades throughout the trade deadline, because th that seemed to hide me for Tyler Toffoli. Okay. Uh, th that's, that's, a, that's a first round pick, a pretty good prospect, and another pick after that with a roster player. Uh, you know, for, for he's not amazing, but Tyler Pitlick is a top 12 initial hockey player. Is he? Yeah. Okay. It... I'm not arguing know. with you on yeah. Tyler Pitt. Like, I genuinely don't know who he is. So. Okay. So, you you seem to think they could have got more. I thought it was a lot to begin with. Um, 
I guess I'm just curious to see like what well, comes next. It's a low-end first-round pick, and it's a prospect who has been traded before, and there are questions about is the thing. But regardless, they are still usable pieces. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I understand. I think on paper, maybe it sounds like more than it is. But for me, it's it's not... See, it, I'm, it's, it's nothing for the Flames, I guess is what I'm getting. I'm not high on Toffoli, I guess is what also factors into this. Toffoli's a very good complimentary player. Yeah. Like, incredible complimentary player. But he... He will play like your second or third best forward in your top six if he is, in actuality, the fourth or fifth best one. Like, he can rise to the occasion, but he can't be your star. Mm -hmm. And for Calgary, in their top six, he's their fourth or fifth best forward. Yeah, like right. it, it, like I said, it's looking great in Calgary, but it also looked great in Montreal there for for the for a bit, and it didn't look great in Vancouver, and it was it was okay in LA. Like you know what I mean? Like I just he's never really blown me away with what he brings to the table, but if he's gonna keep doing what he's doing, and and I think Calgary was the perfect fit is part part of this as well. Like a guy that can come into the middle six. Kind of move up and down. If you need him to put the puck in the net, he can do that. He's, That's what I mean. Like they don't, they don't even need him to score at this pace. Like yeah. if he produces at a twenty-five goal pace the rest of the year, mm-hmm. and they go to the Cup final, and he chips in seven goals, it's a successful trade. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. Um. So that was that on the trade front. Um. For time. Oh, great. All right. Um. We did a little experiment uh, a couple weeks ago oh. with uh, just as we're getting closer and closer to the deadline, uh, guys that we think are, are going to get traded, are not going to get traded, uh, rumors, thoughts, expectations. We just talked about teams making the playoffs. We kind of agreed that there's eight Eastern teams that are locked in. Maybe ten Western teams are still in it. we got to talk about those teams that aren't in it. Okay, we've got to feel bad for the Arizona counties of the world. We've got to feel feel bad for those uh, Seattle Kraken uh, in their first venture into professional hockey. We talk about those losers enough. So, we'll try this again. Like Let's I said, we, a, we've done this before. Let's talk about a fun, exciting team like the Senators. Right. Um, Claude Giroux. Last time we talked, you said there's no ways leaving Philadelphia. Here we are a few weeks later. What's your feeling on the Claude Giroux front? I think he's staying in Philadelphia. Staying in Philadelphia. Okay. Yeah. Um, given what we've seen over the last couple weeks, is there more demand for him at this point? Oh, probably. I think teams want him. I yeah. just don't think a deal's going to get done. Okay. And it's one of those, like, I don't think they're smart to keep him. I just feel like they're going to. Okay. I, I don't know how else to really put it. Marc-Andre Fleury. Does he get traded? Yeah. Well... How about this? I, I answer it this way. Kyle Davidson wants to rebuild. Fucking rebuild then, baby. Yep. Let's go. Uh, There's th- no excuse not to trade him. 238 goals against average, 911 save percentage in 39 games with Chicago. Two, 238? 283. Oh. Yeah. They said 230. I'm like, they don't give up a lot of shots then, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking my franchise mode. Uh, I, I think the only thing holding this up is, is whether Marc-Andre Fleury is going to give a list of teams that are realistically like if, if if his 10 teams are the fucking 10 teams with no cap space then yeah it's probably his call if he's getting traded or not i but think he wants to get the fuck out maybe of there, though. it's hard to say go there. 
It's hard to say. It's it, it's hard to say because I don't know what the hell to make of Mark Andre Fleury at any yeah. given time. So, uh, Thomas Hurdle. If if we've learned anything about Fleury, he's going to get traded to somewhere, and because it looks like he's cooked, he's going to put up like a nine fifty or yeah nine fifty six the rest of the season, and then let in beach balls from center ice in the playoffs, and then whoever gets them loses in four, mm-hmm. and it just won't make sense. Um, Thomas Hurdle. Do I think he gets traded? Yep. No. Okay. Sharks are actively pursuing a contract extension, but not there yet, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's leading the team in points, uh, drawing a lot of interest, as he probably should be, because he's not bad. He's very good. This hockey thing. Yeah. This is a weird one that's that's kind of crept up in the last couple of days. Uh, Pierre Lebrun... Uh, coming out and, and suggesting that this guy is being shopped by the Boston Bruins, uh, Jake DeBrusque. Pierre LeBron. You'd think they'd want to hang on to him, given that they're probably in a playoff spot. I get it, though. Like, he wants out and is playing very well. And the issue when he asked for a trade was it was because he was playing horribly. Yeah. Um, now, does, scoring now. Now, now, and that's the thing. Do, did he want out because he was playing bad? Like, does he still want out? Um, I don't know, but I mean, if a guy ever asked for a trade, I would probably always consider moving him then forever. Yeah. You know, like, like even if it's five years from now, I, like he is not a guy that I'm going to be like, ah, he has to retire here. No, if he wanted out at some point and fuck, he can fuck, he'll accept a trade. Like he's not going to bitch about it. So if they can get something good for him, go ahead. But I don't know who's really going to make a hockey deal for Jake DeBrusque and honestly expect that they're going to win it. LeBron says that uh, the Bruins are working on an extension with DeBrusque for the sake of shipping out his extension. Uh, a lot of teams kind of scared off by the qualifying offer that comes up in the summer following uh, his, his big uh, contract. So, so what are they going to sign him to? One mil a year for eight years? I'm not, I don't like what, what's going to be the good contract that I'm going to want to trade for. You know, he's well, going to have well, to sign it at an insane discount then. Yeah, and that, I think that's part of the allure. Like teams don't want Jake DeBrusque. How bad does point, he want out? Four point four next year. Well, fair yeah. enough. Wouldn't want him either. Sorry, you have him. Uh, I could see it. Yeah, I could see it. Where's he going? Ooh, this is the first one you've actually given me like a yes to. Because so. it wouldn't be too like a divisional rival. Because I was gonna say he he screams Florida. It would have to be out west. I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm going to say? Mm. What are you going to say? He sounds like a Los Angeles king to me. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Los Angeles king. Hey, they got some money. I wonder if there's something there for, like, Aya Fallow. You get, you get DeBrus locked up something just north of Cheaper what Aya Fallow. I think it's got to be just a little bit north. But I don't think DeBrus takes that. I'm not even saying that I think that... That that's necessarily what they would do. You know who seems like a Boston Bruin? This is not going to be a trade, but Dustin Brown seems yeah, like a Boston I'm, Bruin. But I that's not a thing. That, no. I'm just I'm just saying that. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to say LA. LA. For whatever reason. Okay. Let's do it. Two teams that are right on the cusp trying to make the playoffs. It's got to be a win-win. Probably a one-for-one. One. I like that. I don't know. I'll say I follow. Fuck it. Yeah. Why not? Let's go that. Maybe, maybe Matt Roy. Yeah, that probably seems more like 
Boston could use the defense help. It's, it sounds like you're not overpaying for Jake DeBrusque. Like yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade Iafalo for DeBrusque. Yeah, but uh, Patrick Lani, the big RFA guy. That's oh, almost spit out my beer. Well, it would have to be to a team that doesn't believe in analytics. So the Oilers. Uh, <laughs> that actually makes sense. Um. I don't think he gets traded. Okay. Yeah. So does he resign in the summer? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you're asking if I think they get traded by the deadline, right? Yeah. I was going to say, i got to go back a few then. Uh, no, I I, th- I think he will finish the year in Columbus. And there's a reasonable chance he starts next year in Columbus. That's a statement for sure. Rasmus Ristolainen. <laughs> I hope so. Because, man, oh, man, one of my favorite days on hockey Twitter was when the Flyers traded for him in the first place. So I kind of want to see what another Rasmus Ristolainen trade looks like. Because they're just so much fun. Uh, it's got to be a team that doesn't believe in analytics. So the Oilers. I'll say... He doesn't get traded. I I kind of feel the same way. Like, you went out, you spent a lot for this guy. Yep. He's a UFA, though. So if you can't get a contract in place before the deadline, I well, think you have to move him. Well, I see your point, but I will raise you another point. First off, Rasmus Ristolain is in no position to be picking who signs him. Secondly, uh, there was also the report that the Flyers are concerned about not having enough NHL caliber defensemen if they were to trade Ristolainen, which is also true if they keep him, of course. Uh, Ryan Lambert made that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but that actually is true. Like, it is one of those things where, like, I could see them hanging on to him just to see maybe what they can do with him next year. Because what are they really getting for... Like, who who who's giving up a bunch to get him? This is a guy who everyone was talking about is, like, maybe a bottom-pairing defenseman at best. They went out, they spent a shit ton of picks to get him. Well, you're not getting a shit ton of picks back. So you're almost smarter to just see if you can turn him into the defenseman you seem to think he was and hang on to him and try to sign him next year and be like, hey, we believe in you. Because to go and flip him now makes less sense. I I think you're absolutely right. I just think that that deal has to be done before the deadline. I don't think you can stretch this off into the offseason and hope that he comes back at that point. If you're going to lose him for nothing... That is a major loss after what you gave up to get him. I can't believe you just referred to Rasmus Bristolainen as a major loss. Yep. Yep. He'd be a major loss for my hockey Twitter timeline if he stopped mm-hmm. playing in the NHL, put it that way. Last one here. Uh, Elite Friedman tossing this guy as a uh, under-the-radar type situation. Let's go. Noel Achari. What? That's not a fun one to end on. He's only played two games for Florida this year because Why? of injuries and depth of the roster. What? Uh, there's a feeling that when he comes back, when he's healthy, the Panthers, we don't have a spot for you. You're a UFA this summer. He's probably going to walk for nothing. They don't have a spot for him? Well, they haven't needed him all season. Huh. But he's got to be better than guys are playing, no? I don't know who their 12 forwards you, you'd are. You'd have to think. 
But what about that Lurutsenin guy? Look how that, well they are doing got, without him. The guy with the right long name there, Rutsalainen or whatever. It's not Ristalainen, no. but it's like that. It's not delivery. It's Maybe they should get Ristalainen. Uh, <laughs> no. Well, yeah, actually, the Leafs might have to play them in the playoffs, so sure. Well, sure then, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Like, who wouldn't? Like, who I would want Nolachari. Trade him to the Leafs. Make him part of the package for Connor Hellebuck. Here we go. Yeah, I actually, I like Nolachari, mm. so, uh, yeah, actually, trade him to Winnipeg, because remember those guys we were sitting next to at the game the one time, they're like, ah, like, we, uh, this guy played with Nolachari before, so maybe his buddies will go to the games, and those guys will enjoy their time. Perfect. So, for the sake of Nolachari's buddies that I said three things to at the game the one time, um, they should acquire him. Perfect. Go Jets, go. Uh, okay, last thing I want to talk about before we get to the UFL. UFL. Um I just thought this was badass as fuck. Okay. Uh, Marie-Philippe Poulin mm. offered an ECHL deal from the Trois-Rivières-Lyons. Why are you French all of a sudden? Yeah, as the name is in front of me. Okay. I'm going to, i got to do a placement at a French school. I have to do a placement uh, at yeah. the school of France? Uh, that's how I'm going to talk the whole time, too. Because yeah. right? I can't speak French. I'm just going to talk. I'm hoping if I just do the accent... Does anyone just... remember player Dion Panouf? Yeah. Uh, the player Panouf? Yeah. Oh, it's going to be hell. <laughs> um, uh, I guess, uh, yeah, ECHL offer from a uh, professional uh, men's league uh, team and turns it down. Sure. Because, uh, quote, the uh, all this signals to uh, young women is that the only way to succeed in the sport is by getting a deal from a men's league. Thought that was badass as fuck. Props to Marie Philippelin, turning that down, wanting to help grow the women's sport, getting a women's unified league in place so that we can uh, finally have one place where we can have professional women athletes playing at the highest level. Yeah. Really cool. I love her. Yeah, she's she's right, too. Like, who, uh, with all due respect to people who play in the ECHL, who gives a shit? Uh, like, I would much... I am... I am way more likely to ever not just watch on TV, but pay and go sit at a professional women's hockey game than I ever would an ECHL, an AHL, probably certain NHL games, Mm -hmm. to be honest with you. Like, if I was in Toronto, they had a team, whoever they're playing, fuck, I'll go. Yeah. I'd love to. So, up until this year, because we lost local hockey for uh, the pandemic... Mm-hmm. Up until this year, I'd gone to more women's uh, OU games than I had the men's. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I, 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 I yeah, that, that's what I want to see is a, yeah. is a women's league. So, um, yeah, do, do what you got to do to make it happen. But the league would always be tainted if the best players didn't at least consider playing in it. And so if Poulin goes... You know, I don't know if anyone else is going, but like, she's gone. Yeah, and I, I want to watch her. That's just she it. is the best. Yeah, and and, and that's the problem right with now. the league that we have now, is that yeah, a large enough segment of of the sport population don't agree with that league, don't agree with how it's being run, how it's being handled, and are sitting out and would prefer to just not be involved in that league. Sure. I think that speaks volumes. But I am glad that those that are sitting out aren't immediately just, hey, what's my next offer? What 
can I go to Finland and play in the men's league there? Can I go somewhere else to the ECHL? Uh, they're not doing that. They're mm-hmm. staying unified in their resolve, and I think that's that's really important. I'm, I'm hoping, rooting for them to, to figure something out. Do you want to stick with the ECHL? You want to talk ECHL? You want to become a, a little ECHL podcast? Todd Skirving had a hat trick the other night. That's uh, Did he? That's the only other ECHL news I have. No. Good for Wardy. The, the Growlers won like 10-2, to 2 and he had a hat trick. Yeah. So. Well, I've always been one of Wardy's warriors, so... First professional hat trick for the guy, so good yeah, for him. Good, yeah, good for Todd. Cool, nice guy. Uh, Oofle time. Oofle, you love him. I love him. The fans at home might not know him. Uh, <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones rolls. Right. Yeah. I love this guy. Yeah, he's cool. I always forget about him. Like I'll go a few years, and he'll put a movie out that I want to go see. And I'm like. Fucking rights. Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. I haven't seen that guy in a while. And I realize he's not doing a lot. He's getting old. But it's always just like, you know what? Haven't watched a good Tommy Lee Jones film in a while. And that's uh, coming from someone whose favorite film has Tommy Lee Jones in it. I would say that Tommy Lee Jones... Am I going to say it? Yeah, I think I would say it. I think Tommy Lee Jones is... Quite possibly the best character actor of all time. Maybe Philip Seymour Hoffman. But aside from Hmm. that, Tommy Lee Jones plays the same guy and he does it great. With little variations, of course. Same Philip Seymour Hoffman, same idea. Change his voice a little bit. Hmm. But he always played a scumfuck. Tommy Lee Jones always plays a badass who doesn't fight or anything much. But man, when he talks, he steals the room kind of thing. I'd like to say, just because I think it's it's very uh, comical, uh, the, the runner-up for today's Zoofle was baseball movies. And we probably could have uh, also just been sitting here talking about Tommy Lee Jones and Philip Seymour Hoffman baseball movies. So that's true. That's that's great. That is true. We're getting best of both worlds here. Crazy. Uh, your overrated Tommy Lee Jones role. What's your favorite baseball movie? Well, just quickly. Moneyball. Okay. Yeah, mine too. Um, I watched it the other night. I yeah, I, I got to take a break. I've I've watched it too much. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. I've probably seen it uh, six or seven times. Hmm. But like, I forget about a lot of it. I might have watched it six or seven times during the pandemic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was one of my favorite movies. Okay. Uh, my overrated role. Of his is uh, Robert Stansfield in The Family. He really, I thought they could have cast other people in that role and I actually would have liked it more. It was sort of a rare time where I was like, I don't really think we needed Tommy Lee Jones in this role. Hmm. Don't really think he contributed anything to the movie or to the role necessarily. The character itself was kind of dry. Like, it almost felt like they could have just cast anyone in that role. Uh, the character was bland and his performance wasn't among his best. But he was like a top build actor in the movie. Like it was like it's yeah, Robert right, Downey Jr. So. Or sorry, it was Robert De Niro and then it's Michelle Pfeiffer and then it's Tommy Lee Jones. And it's like, oh crazy. Hmm. You watch it and it's like eh, it was it was Robert De Niro and Michelle Pfeiffer for sure. Hmm. 
Diane Aragon after that. De Niro and Jones, they should get together a little bit more often here as we're entering the end of their lives. What's that? Oh, boy. (laughs) Woof. Was that their only uh, movie together? I think so. Must be, eh? De Niro Niro wasn't in Space Cowboys, no? It's just four old white guys. I I know, but I have to think about it anyway. My overrated is going to get some flack, but stay with me. So it's Agent K from Men in Black. Okay. It's overrated because if you talk to 90% of the population, this is the only Tommy Lee Jones film that they can name. It's fine. It's a great film. Mm-hmm. But, like, as far as Tommy Lee Jones is concerned, it's a little overrated. This seems to be, like, the pinnacle of his career somehow. And it's a B sci-fi flick. Men in Black's an interesting one, though. Because... It's a B sci-fi flick, but I think it's an A comedy. Like I, I think it's, it's, it's what I would want in a comedy movie in a sense, because it's just like, it's not beating you over the head with jokes. No, it's not. It's trying to be a movie, but it's actually also hilarious. Like movies that don't try so hard to be funny are funnier. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And that's always how I found the Men in Black. Is like. They know they're a comedy, but they're not focused on the comedy. And therein lies the joke. Right. Right? And this this is but also... I, like, but I don't disagree with your take. The, the role is what I'm kind of focusing on here, too, right? Because, sure. like, okay. he's not really in the but third I'm, one. I'm curious what you say, though. Okay. About his contributions to the first two, then. Well, okay. So, the third one, he's not really in. The second one, let's not kid ourselves. It's a Will Smith movie. Okay. okay. That first one... It's a Tommy Lee Jones film. Yeah. And it's really good. And he's pretty funny in it for a guy that usually isn't, like, playing the comedic relief at that stage in his career. But would you say that if the character were, like, another Will Smith type? Like, it's like a buddy thing. Do you think it's a better movie? Or the same movie, even? Like, say it was Will Smith and... Who's the guy he's been in a movie? Fucking Martin Lawrence. Say they're the two guys. Yeah. Is it as good of a movie? No. So because do you I don't think... like Martin Lawrence. But Oh, well, now you're really losing yeah. me here. Okay, but for me, I think the part like that if, works so much... Like, if this so was much... Will Smith and Clint Eastwood, it might be a better movie. I think that... Oh, Jesus. I don't know about that. If it's Will Smith and Harrison Ford, it's probably a better film. Okay. Okay, I see what you're saying, man. So... But you're not saying the character K necessarily sucks. No. You're more saying that Tommy Lee Jones isn't Tommy Lee Jones enough in the movie for it to be he's a, like his best role. He's, over, like, he's overrated. Like he's just yeah. typecast as the cranky cop. Yeah. And they could have put anyone in that role. Yeah. Not anyone. He, but was, like, he was a good call for the role. But they As could far have as Tommy Lee Jones' roles go, it is one of his more overrated roles. Because he has done so much better hmm. in so much else than the, you know, re- re- reveredness that he gets for Men in Black. Because Men in Black is a successful series, mostly on the back of Will Smith. I don't think there's anyone that could play K for me. And you might be right. You might be right. But and I'm just I saying, like, K. that should be... But I did be, consider the character, like, don't get me wrong. When... when when we give the Hollywood Walk of Fame plaque 
to every actor, mm-hmm. and they have to show up with their MLB baseball cap on. It shouldn't say Men in Black on Tommy Lee Jones. Okay, and a lot of people seem to have well, that. Well, take. well, let's even put it this way though: there's a Tommy Lee Jones Mount Rushmore. Which kind of what we're no, I guess not what we're doing, but yeah, okay. What what is Men in Black on the Mount Rushmore of Tommy Lee Jones? I don't think it's there. It's just four Tommy Lee Jones figures. <laughs> it's like sure, you say he's anyone. You don't think it's on there though? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. I think that's fair. Okay. That's fair. Just curious. Yeah. No, that's fine. Uh, my underrated. Warden Dwight McCluskey. Uh, mm. Natural Born Killers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because it's one of the rare roles where Tommy Lee Jones does not play Tommy Lee Jones. He plays a fucking weirdo. Mm-hmm. Uh, not in it very much. Um, very good movie. Very good Tommy Lee Jones performance. Uh, it's it's a rare movie where you look back on it and you're like, oh, he could do kind of other things. Like, he plays the warden, but he doesn't play Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. So he plays the Tommy Lee Jones character, but in a different way. And uh, I love the role. It, it, it's one that I look back on fondly. I love Natural Born Killer, Killers, mostly because it's a Quentin Tarantino movie in a way. Uh, but yeah, great film. Good call. Great, great role. Yeah, good call. Yeah. He's, he's very forgettable in that movie, so... I get that. Yeah, like I, I, it is the maybe the only Tommy Lee Jones movie that I will watch and be like, oh yeah, he's in this. Forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna keep the hot takes coming. Ty Cobb, underrated. A deputy U.S. Marshal Sam Gerard. Underrated. Underrated. Show your work, sir. <laughs> when you talk about. This is the quintessential Tommy Lee Jones role. So let's hear this. When you talk about Harrison Ford and his body of work, what is he known for? Star Wars. He's known for Star Wars, Indiana Indiana Jones, Jones. fucking uh, total not not total recall. What's what's the sci-fi one there? He did the the do androids dream of electric sheep. In the eighties, there, Blade Runner. Oh, Blade Runner! Yeah, yeah. Blade Runner <laughs> came to both of us there at the same yeah. time. And good sequel. Probably then the Fugitive. Like this is a movie where it's it's possibly like on the round, Mount Rushmore of what I would consider to be one of the greatest actors in the history of film. Mm-hmm. And it's a Harrison Ford movie, and it's always been known as a Harrison Ford movie. Harrison Ford kicks ass. He, eh? he fucking rocks. But you fire that film up, and I realize we're talking about a film that's that's 30 years old at this point. But, like, it's maybe not so much a Harrison Ford film as it is a Tommy Lee Jones film. I'll say it. Tommy Lee Jones kicks Harrison Ford's ass. I didn't kill my wife. Yeah. I don't care. He's the better character. He's oh for sure. giving the better performance in that film. Yeah. No, it's a Tommy Lee Jones movie. I the reason I'm shocked that it would be considered underrated is it got a sequel because of his character. And that's exactly why. Okay. Because the sequel sucked ass. Oh. And nobody well, talks about it's it. It's not great. But it's not it didn't suck. We ass. all we all believe to forget that it just didn't happen US because Marshall's it was that okay. bad. It, no, it was bad. It's okay. <laughs> it's a lot of fluff work from it's, Tommy Lee it's Jones. It's okay. Keeping it above water. Every 90s cop action movie like that, like In the Line of Fire, all those fucking ones, they're all the same. 
I enjoyed the U.S. Marshals. Mm. Ving Rhames. Or no, Wesley Snipes. Which is it? It's Wesley Snipes. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think we need just having a real conversation about how The Fugitive is not a Harrison Ford film. It's a Tommy Lee Jones film. I yield the rest of my time to the cabinet. Um, I'm two for two on the hot takes. Yeah. Mm. Well, I'll see your hot take and raise your hot take. My favorite is Roland Sharp of Man, uh, Man of the House. So <laughs> I like that you went with it. I respect that. Like, is it actually my favorite? I don't know. It's probably No Country for Old Men. But, like... <laughs> This is, this is one of the only movies I've ever seen where they cast a straight man as like your, your dry humor guy and actually almost made no effort to make him funny. He just delivers lines like Tommy Jones would and somehow... He's still the funniest character in the movie. It is a... Like, if I if you've never seen this movie, it is a 3 out of 10. Like, it is bad. But... Tommy Lee Jones somehow makes it work. Coming on, on the heels of the sequel from Men in Black 2, no less. Like, this wasn't like he was in a, a slump in his career. No. No, like, this was like... Five years ago, he just watched Robert De Niro do... Meet the parents, and it's like, oh, I could just do yeah. a comedy movie, and it'll be fine. That, or he he saw the character description. He's like, you oh, know, that kind of sounds like me. Shows up, realizes, oh, it's not that type of film, and then he's just uh, on. I can just see him on set, you know, just like, hey, Steven, you want me to like spice this up with some humor? No, <laughs> just just be you. It'll work. He thought it was going to be like the big tagline in the trailer, be like, this is my happy face. Yeah, Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> Sierra or whoever <laughs> trying to think there was one like one of the girls is famous isn't yeah. Sierra in it no maybe not Sierra I'll look when a up. group of women are threatened by a terrorist <laughs> the only man who can save them is their landlord <laughs> coming this fall Christina Milian that's who I was thinking no. of uh, Cedric the Entertainer of course in it fantastic what a movie Shea Wiggum and R. Lee Ermey, because why not throw a bunch of other guys that play tough cops in the mm-hmm, movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's mostly it, though. Did you throw the director's name out there by accident? No. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, it's actually Steven. Like, sure yeah. is. Cool. Mind you, I think if you just say Steven for director, you're Well, yeah, because well, when you said it, it threw me off. I'm like, I don't, something. I don't think that's a Spielberg movie, no. my guy. Not a Soderbergh film, either. Definitely not. No. Not even executive Ooh. producers no. on that one. Your favorite song. Uh, it's uh, Sheriff Ed Tom Bell. Yep. 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 That's my favorite fucking film. So yeah, that's the right so. call. Uh, it just feels very much like... Like when Tommy Lee Jones probably started off as an actor when he was like 22, 23 years old. It was probably like, you know what, kid? You're good now, but you're going to be great when you're a chiseled old angry Texan at 66. Do we have a film for you? And uh, they did. And it was this one. And he was fantastic in it. He was born to play this role. Yeah. <laughs> like, if, if, if you want to actually have some sort of a Tommy Lee Jones hot take, I, I would argue that it's better than uh, The Fugitive for me. Because I do think No Country for Old Men is... Uh, it's probably in the top 20 best movies ever made. Um, 
you know. Mm -hmm. And Tommy Lee Jones is not even the face of the movie, but the movie does not work without Tommy Lee Jones either. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's a complete cast effort. Don't get me wrong. Like that, that's just an Absolutely. unbelievable performance by a lot of people. But, um, yeah, yeah, Tom Bell, great. He's fantastic. Mm -hmm. He's he's the narrator. He is the old actually. man. He, he is the old man. Yeah, that's that's right. There's no country for him. Yeah, it's, it's, he's a man without a country. Yeah. Well, um, least favorite. Uh, you asked, what is my least favorite role of Tommy Lee Jones? And my least favorite role of his is Ty Cobb in Cobb. Because Ty Cobb is an asshole. Now, oh, okay. having said that, does Tommy Lee Jones do a good job playing Ty Cobb? Yes. Hmm. But I found it very hard to hate Tommy Lee Jones for two hours. So. Okay. Uh, also, not a great movie. But That's fair. Like, like good, but not it's great. Fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, my least favorite is... Uh, I, I don't know... Roland Sharp. I don't know who made this decision. I, I don't know what Tommy Lee Jones was thinking on this one. Um, Harvey Dent in Batman Forever. Like... <laughs> That's also fair. On the list of, like, actors and actresses that should just never appear in, like, a superhero film, Tommy Lee Jones has got to be at the top of that list. Like, I don't ever want to see Harrison Ford pulling on tights to get out there and kick some ass, shooting lasers out of his wrists. And I certainly didn't want to see Tommy Lee Jones try to foil the Batman. <laughs> it just... There's something icky about it. It didn't feel right. And uh, it's only... Uh, one of many failures that Joel Schumacher has brought to uh, that storied character. So, ugh. Mm. You you could see him hating what he was doing as he was doing it. It remained. It came out in the finished product. Nobody had a good time. Least of all Tommy Lee Jones. Okay. Uh, I wanted to finish by saying that uh, I've got a uh, an English class where the final project is a uh, uh, make a Tommy Lee Jones movie. <laughs> It's a group. Uh, it's a group project on podcasting, mm. and um, being a white guy in college, I've had some experience podcasting. Right. And um, so I'm going to have my class listen to this episode tomorrow. <laughs> it's just like talk joke. We joked about the war for yeah, like 15 this minutes. This would not like, be what I'd be. This would not be the one. No. Uh, no, there there are better episodes. Slam and Sammy may be the best one to bring forward. But there was uh, an activity that we did within our peer group today where uh, we wanted to kind of workshop some ideas around common podcasting techniques, one of which being the sound effect. Mm. You know, a lot of people have their intros. We have ours. You you guys know and love the Pineapple Express. Um I hope there's someone listening to this that after 141 episodes is like, oh, right, that's what movie that's yeah, from, eh? that'd be like, it, like, if there's someone that that's just bothered for forever, right. like, oh, yeah, that's... Uh, Congratulations. That movie. Um, so we were asked to all bring a different sound effect, and as I was going through this Tommy Lee Jones experiment just now, I was reminded of the sound effect I brought, which was... Um, uh, I, I chose the sound bite of, that's a spicy meatball! Because I wanted to be the guy that had, like, the... Oh, someone said a hot take, and I hit the soundboard, and it was, That's a spicy meatball! So, I like that. Yeah, that, that was me on that one, I guess. What's that from? I don't remember. I'm having the exact same Tommy thing. Tommy Lee Jones? No, 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 no. I'm just saying oh. I had some spicy meatballs in that oofle. Oh. And I all of a sudden realized I was doing the exact thing that I brought to the table for my 
my project. Do you want me to edit that in as a sound bite? I have it on my phone, actually. I can just send it to me. Sure. We'll start using it as our sound. Right. You remember when we, or the early days of the podcast, we wanted to have a soundboard? Yeah. That still would be funny, though. Maybe we should do that sometime. Yeah, there's there's a couple free apps. You just every once in a while get an ad, which is annoying. So that's a spy like like Tim and Friends. Yeah, with the same like eight sounds, they just play over and over again. And it's like first couple times you hear it, it's like ah whatever, and then like two years later, it's like ah it's hilarious. They do mm-hmm. they use this sound all the time. Yeah. So I I, I named my fictional podcast Hot Takes, mm-hmm. and that's the intro. So. Hmm. Now, for what it's worth. You could have named it Less Hot Takes, More Hot Cakes, colon, the John Chozik podcast. I didn't know if I could get him in, involved in the project. He's mm-hmm. a big he's a big grab, eh? So. There's no way that if he ever has a podcast, it has to be named that, right? Like, there's no way around that. I think that's why he hasn't. Because he knows that he's kind of stuck with that he name. He can't even live up to the name. Though. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, it's like he would, he would just love to talk about... Um, you know, like the Minnesota Twins. And there's just no natural correlation between hot takes and the Minnesota Twins unless you're mm. trying to suggest that they're going to win a World Series anytime soon. But, um, oh. Yeah. Wow. That's... He Jesus. just... he He's stuck with the name of the podcast the and he doesn't have takes. the content to make a podcast out of, I think is the problem there on that one. Like, we knew we had gold here He's not interesting enough. We had the name. If we had the name first, we were stuck with the name, I don't know if we would have got off the ground. Hmm. But here we are. Okay. Barely off the ground. We're well, we're off it, though. Um, that's laced up for this week. And last week. Next, and last week, and the week before. Uh, but next week, deadline preview episode. Because uh, the deadline is like a week and a half away, I believe. Is it really? I think it's March 15th, is it not? Oh, Something wow. like that. I don't know. I'm going to look it up right now. Or Mar- it was it's like it's that Sunday, I thought. Like March 13th or something. It's not a weird day this year, I feel like. March 21st. Oh, okay, so we got some time. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, maybe there won't be an episode next week. We're going to try. Uh, as I've mentioned earlier, uh, we try to do it weekly. I don't I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But we're going to aim for next week. If not, it'll be the week after. You guys remember that uh, that period in, like, end of November, early December, where we were uh, missing in action for a while there? Uh, it's because I had placement. Yeah. And uh, that's coming again. So yeah. it might get choppy here. But deadline episode for sure. Yeah. It, uh, we may have an episode, uh, me and someone else, too. We'll see. I mean, I'm also quite busy. It's not, uh, actually, last week was my fault, not even James's fault, quite honestly. But, um, yeah, well, we'll do what we can. We'll get something out for you. But, uh, we'll have something before the deadline, I guess, is what I would say. You can, you can take the opportunity to go back through all the old oofles with the new guest and, uh, just get different takes without having to do much work maybe i'll have reg on and we'll just do oofles for Mm. an hour and then we'll talk about hockey and that'll be it i like that oofles with reg and brutes defeofles oofle more like awful ah Mm, yeah yeah poorly reviewed uh spinoff podcast right right okay all right well this was fun we'll see you when you see you you sure will all righty Sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows Everything that's wonderful is what I feel when we're together Brighter than a lucky penny When you're near the rain goes Disappears, dear, and I feel so fine Just 
Disappears near 